2: Let's well, rock and roll. Big show. Can't wait. It's the herd. Thanksgiving week, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Herd hierarchy. Top 10 teams going into Thanksgiving. Very, very interesting. The dynasty is teetering. Does not look the same, J Mac.
3: Which, uh, which dynasty is that? Kansas City's <laughs> oh, dynasty. right, right, right. Yes, Kansas City. Teetering, indeed. The call, bike Think
2: about this. So Andy Reid off a bye at home. I mean, just spend the money before the bet. Yet Detroit, first game of the year in Kansas City. Lost with all that offseason. Last night, off a bye, Andy Reid's a guaranteed W. He's got Mahomes. Lost. So the season opener and a, a home game. And you know Andy Reed's the greatest coach ever off a bye. And he can't solve the problems. It's bigger than you think. Now let's start with this. These are very good teams. If they met in the Super Bowl, we wouldn't be surprised. Neither was great last night. The Eagles O-line got worked in the first half. They got too cute. And Kansas City had multiple crucial drops. What's new with that receiving core in the second half? But I said it yesterday. Kansas City's offense doesn't have an identity. What they are is a great coach and a great quarterback who, on script, can be magical. If you look at their first-half numbers this year, Kansas City's top three in all the big stuff. And then they plummet in the second half. Why? For the same reason I preached for five minutes yesterday in the third hour. They don't have an identity. Scripted plays and a really talented quarterback is not an identity. It's just talent. Philadelphia, on the other hand, has an identity. They got too cute in the first half. I'm screaming at the TV, get back to who you are. Jalen Hurts, moving, running, physical, tush-push, and they took over. You saw it in the fourth, fourth quarter. In the first half, Jalen Hurts, one rushing attempt. They looked awful. In the second half, Jalen Hurts, 11 rushing attempts. They looked like Philadelphia. In crisis, whether it's a marriage, a business, or a football team, in crisis, what is your identity? What do you lean in? What do you know you're always good at? Kansas City doesn't have one. They just have a great coach, great coach, and a marvelous quarterback. But, I mean, what is Kansas City's identity when they needed first downs and to move the chains late? Mahomes running around, throwing it deep, throwing big passes to number three and number four receivers who can't catch, or forcing it to Travis Kelsey, who's getting old, and you can see it. It's why I liked Philadelphia. The best teams in this league— Baltimore's got an identity. Speed in Lamar Jackson's playmaking. San Francisco has an identity. Physical football. Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, and Debo. The Dolphins are limited, but they have an identity. Speed in playmakers. Dallas has some limitations. I'm often a cynic of the Cowboys, but they have an identity. Take a lead, pin the pass rush ears back, and go get the other guy's quarterback. Philadelphia, you saw their identity. They were getting too cute. Bubble screens off to the side. Jalen Hurts, ball in hand, run it, use, lean on Jason Kelsey and that big offensive line. Okay? Mahomes, to his credit, a true leader, after the game, would not bury the wide receivers, would not call out the wide receiving core, but I have been on this for weeks. The old Kansas City with a 21-0 deficit come roaring back. Those days are over, at least for now. Kansas City that had a second and a third gear. That's over for now. But Mahomes, a true leader, isn't going to call out the clear weakness of this team. It's wide receiver group.
0: Simple is we just got to be better in the second half. I mean, all season long, we haven't played great football in the second half. So um, we have to continue to work. They came up, and they, they forced us to, to throw the football, and uh, we didn't answer the bell. Uh, I didn't make good enough passes in certain situations, and um, we we have to prove that we can do both. It can't just we can't be just running. It can't be just passing. We have to prove that we can do both, and uh, that's something we have to continue to work on as the, the season continues. We'll get more in
2: to the Chiefs moving into Phase 2. Patriots dynasty had three phases. Chiefs are out of Phase 1. They've moved into Phase 2. We'll get into that later. But I want to talk about Jalen Hurts. You can say to yourself, Philadelphia was lucky. They didn't even look that good. Yeah, I've watched every Eagle game. That's exactly what they look like every week. Only had 16 first downs, bad on third down, 124 yards passing, only had the ball 28 minutes. And Philadelphia won on the road and didn't play well. So if you're a Chiefs fan, how's that feel? They were terrible in the first half and won. But let's talk Jalen Hurts who, to me, is one of the most unique quarterbacks in league history. So he can squat 600 pounds, and that allows him to do that tush-push. Little Kyler Murray can't. You'd think that would be an advantage. Small, hard to get a shot at him. He can't do it. Justin Herbert, 6'5", 245 and strong. He tried it. He can't do it. So you have a quarterback good enough to throw over the top in a rainstorm and get you to the two-yard line and then be the only quarterback in the league that at the two-yard line has a guaranteed play to get him into the end zone. 13 straight wins against teams with a winning record. That's unbelievable. Seven straight wins trailing by 10 points or more. That's remarkable. He has the jet fuel, the talent to sit in the pocket, move, throw deep, and overcome deficits, or you can play power football with a lead, eat the clock, and suffocate the other team. He is the ultimate chess piece as a quarterback. But what's interesting is when you talk about chess pieces, it's usually like Christian McCaffrey, a running back who could be a receiver, or Debo Samuel, a receiver who can be a running back, or Cordell Patterson, who can be a punt returner, a running back, a receiver. That's always been the chess piece until now. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, RPO, Tush Push. Straight runs, quarterback draws, sit in the pocket, throw deep. Again, the Eagles were all sorts of cute in the first half. One rush, awful. Then they said, Jalen, we're going to rush you more in lots of different ways. Quarterback draws, moving the pocket, rolling out, tush push. He can do it all. And I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback that has that many dimensions. He's not the best pocket passer, but he's really good. The Miami Dolphins have all that speed, and the media fawns over it. All that speed, all those playmakers, all those weapons. The head coach has a high IQ, and yet they're 0-3 this year against winning teams. Because the Miami Dolphins have one gear. Speed. That's it. Philadelphia has 13 straight regular season wins. Dolphins 0-3 this year. Philadelphia 13 straight regular season wins over winning teams. Because it's multiple gears. Power football. Fancy. Finesse. Physical. All driven by Jalen Hurts. Squatting 600 pounds. Can do what Justin Herbert can't at the line of scrimmage can throw like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow from the pocket, you can roll it, you can draw it, you can RPO it, you can tush-push it. What a chess piece. I, I remember years ago, the late Aaron Hernandez, I remember being connected to somebody inside the Patriots, and they were like, he's such a chess piece. You could put him in the backfield. I remember talking to a defensive back, Patrick Chung of the Patriots, and he said, I said, who's the toughest guy you've ever covered? He said, he's on my team. I see him in practice. You can do so many things with him. Imagine if your quarterback... Not a tight end. A quarterback could be that guy. Oh, wait. He is Jalen Hurts. And here he is after.
1: I don't think we play clean tonight. I don't think we uh, play to our standard. Nowhere near our standard. Um, But I think the thing that you can't test or quantify is the resilience um, that a team has and the ability to persevere and see through things and overcome things. And this team has that. And so, um, you know, we've yet to, you know, put up a a performance um, to our standard. But, you know, we're continuing to find ways to to win. And when you win games like we've won games, that builds a ton of character.
2: Is he ever not completely buttoned up at the podium? I mean, that guy is, you know, we always talk about Mike Tomlin's the best coach ever at a podium. My vote is Jalen Hurts is the best player I've ever seen at the podium. It looked like he took two and a half hours to dress. Class, smart, succinct, to the point, give others credit. He is an all-time unique chess piece. And even when they were playing poorly in the first half, I was just saying, stop being so cute. Stop all the stupid bubble screens. Just put the ball in the hands of Jalen Hurts. Let's get physical. Let's play between the tackles. And then he'll hit a couple of deep balls later. That's what he does. And that's what he did. They didn't play well. And they won. And I've watched every Eagles game this year. And they all look like that. It's not luck. It's their identity. The great teams win imperfectly. And nobody does it like the Eagles. J-Mac, a lot of people freaking out in Kansas City. Nick
3: writes on uh, in about 50 minutes from now. What are they freaking out about? The drops? Uh, You know, uh, dominating the Eagles for three-plus quarters and losing the game? Yeah, I would be freaking out, too. I don't think they're the favorites in the AFC anymore. Well, it's interesting. So...
2: We don't get a lot of NFL dynasties. In the NBA, you do get, if two stars can join, like, you know, KD and Steph, you, you get um, you get dynasties in basketball. Shaq and Kobe, obviously. Michael Jordan Pippen. Mikael Bird. Magic Kareem Worthy. Football dynasties are rare, often very short. The Patriots were the exception. And I do think Kansas City, because of Reed's brilliance and Mahomes' ability, is going to be a dynasty for a while. Not 20 years a while, but a while. But coming up next, New England's dynasty has three phases. It did. Kansas City has moved into its second phase, and it's not the best phase. We'll talk about that coming up. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd
0: weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours.
1: and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
0: Hi, checking in for...
1: Or the perfect table.
0: Hey, where are you? Coming!
3: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Well, we've got to be honest about who Kansas City is. Very, very good, could play in the Super Bowl, but they lost with extra time to prepare to Detroit and Philadelphia at home and couldn't move the chains against the Broncos. And Chiefs star, the very famous Travis Kelsey, who's got quite a a personal and social life now, admits that retirement is in his thoughts. As they say, you start talking about it, you're close. He said, more than anyone could ever imagine, that's the only thing I've never really been open about. The discomfort, the pain, the lingering injuries, the 10 surgeries I've had that I still feel every single surgery to this day. Travis Kelsey. So the Patriots dynasty had three phases. The first phase of the Patriots dynasty was suffocating great defenses and an emerging young franchise quarterback that had the look and feel of a star. They won Super Bowls. The second phase was Tom Brady is now arguably one of the faces of the league. He is a fantastic star quarterback. Randy Moss, Wes Welker, there's some jet fuel here. Close, but no Super Bowls. The third phase, Brady got his guys, his guys, Gronk, Edelman, Brady. Defense still good. Special teams exceptional. Three different phases. Brady and Belichick were the constant. And Mahomes and Reed, barring any setbacks for Andy Reid physically or Patrick Mahomes physically, they'll be the constant. But I think we've moved out of Phase 1 of the Kansas City dynasty. Phase 1 is, damn, Mahomes is crazy talented and still cheap. Team could play from 21 nothing down. Playmakers everywhere. Solid defense, but let's just get Mahomes weapons. Who cares about defense? Those days are over. We have moved into Phase 2. This is the first year of it. Mahomes is now expensive, and you have to navigate his contract. His best teammate is aging, Travis Kelsey, and you can see the age. And the defense is actually the best part of the team. It's almost like it flipped for Brady and Mahomes. The defense actually carries him now. This phase does not have multiple gears offensively, they can't be sloppy early and come back off a 24 0 deficit. This is the third straight game they couldn't score a single point in the second half. The New York Giants scored 17 this past weekend in the second half. The end of phase one for the Patriots wasn't just about the Patriots. Peyton Manning was in his prime, the rival Colts. Big Ben was in his prime, the rival Steelers. The landscape changed. Tom was now making more money. You had to make tough decisions. Let very good players go. Kansas City, the landscape has changed. Joe Burrows already knocked Mahomes out of one Super Bowl two years ago. Josh Allen going nowhere. Lamar Jackson having arguably his best year. And that's just the AFC. Jalen Hurts now moves into his prime. He is now as good as anybody the sport has seen in a decade in big games. So phase two for New England and Kansas City is not about falling off a cliff. It's still capable any year of getting and winning a Super Bowl, but it's different. And this Kansas City is different. The defense is the best, most consistent part of the team. Mahomes and Reed are the constant, but Travis Kelsey looks old. He's talking retirement. He's had 10 surgeries. I don't know the last time I watched the Chiefs game that he didn't limp at one point. And they have to make tough decisions on weapons. They'd be better with Juju Smith-Schuster and maybe they'd be unbeatable with Tyreek Hill. They couldn't afford either. J-Mac with the news. No,
1: no, no, no. Turn on the news.
3: This is the Herdline News. I like that, the reinvention theme, how the Patriots kept reinventing themselves to keep the dynasty going. Can the Chiefs do the same and they're very smart upstairs mm-hmm. you say age. that but the hubris to not go after a wide receiver either in the off well, season or well, at the deadline is a little bit oh pat will figure it out and i'm the idiot who yesterday sat up here saying second half problems it's not an issue remember that well like, it, they'll be fine it's patrick yeah, mahomes Andy they, they have not scored a single point
2: in three straight games again the new york giants offensively incompetent had yeah. 17 you stumble into points You just stumble into them in the second half when you have Reed and Mahomes
3: and Kelsey, and they can't score anything. He's a bigger man than I would have for not throwing MVS under the bus. And and we'll get to some comments here in a second. It's funny, but let's start with the the L.A. Chargers. Four and six, somehow Brandon Staley still employed. Uh, He's had that issue with the reporters after the game Sunday about defensive play calling. But uh, Staley downplayed any pressure on him yesterday, saying, I feel the same every time I've ever coached a game in the NFL. I feel this is the biggest game of my life, which is how I've approached every game I've competed in my whole life. That's the approach that I've brought my whole life. That's the approach I've brought here. A lot of word salad from uh, an embattled Brandon Staley. Colin, I will just say this. Um, So the Ravens were favored by four going to L.A. this weekend at SoFi. Uh, one of those gambling services I talked about gave out about uh, 90, uh, less than an hour ago. Chargers plus four. It's down to three and a half. I don't know what anybody's seeing in the Chargers right now against the Ravens, but this feels like a, a last stand for Brandon Staley, no? Yeah, it does.
2: And, um, I mean, you, heck of a last stand have to host Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. I, I would hope my last stand would be an easier oh, Baltimore assignment. Baltimore
3: off extra rest as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I. I here's the thing. It's not that the Chargers are getting blown out. It's in the details. It's situational. So it's not like this is a reclamation project. And Brandon Staley keeps pointing that out. He keeps saying it's a play here, a play, play there. And my takeaway is, Brandon, that's what you've been saying for two years. It's a play here, a play there. And you consistently don't make those plays defensively. So um, it's not man overboard. This is not somebody that's over his head in terms of there's some things they do pretty well. Uh, I do feel like I get the same team, but I get the same inconsistency on the defensive end. They give up too many big run plays. Screen passes look like double reverses. Um, I don't think anything's going to change. The Spanos family does not spend big money on coaches. The Suns are in the front office. They're not giving Harbaugh the keys to the kingdom here. It's not happening. They don't do that, Uh, and so it's very much a family business, and uh, they're the number two team in town. They're getting talked about a ton. Maybe it's good for marketing. But I I, I do think at some point, if you want things to change in business, then you have to make changes.
3: And that's very uncomfortable at Thanksgiving. Did you say number two team in town? I mean, number two NFL, probably number like nine on the L.A. landscape. I mean, um, yeah, I I threw this out there on my podcast. Why don't you just dump Staley and promote Kellen Moore? I said this yesterday. Like, just give Kellen Moore a chance. Maybe he's not the guy, but you know what? He is a very cheap, offensive-minded guy who would fit Spanos perfectly. So I think if they
2: lose to the Ravens, um, because it's very interesting, now with Joe Burrow out, that wild card looks more possible. A Pittsburgh can't score. Joe Burrow out. We thought three teams from that division would get in, but now Deshaun Watson done for the year. Joe Burrow done for the year. Steelers can't score. So if the if the Chargers win this weekend, they look at it and think we can go on a
3: four game heater. They got to pass the Broncos still. Right, (laughs) right. They can do that. But
2: I think what they're looking at is, um, you know, we're in. If we win this Sunday, Buffalo, us, Cleveland, we're all in the same group of teams. Now, if you lose to the Ravens, then all of a sudden you look up and it's like. We're not a playoff team, and this isn't going to work. So I think I think this is this Brandon Staley employment thing. I think it's really game to game, week to week. I am surprised um, that there wasn't a comment from the organization after the Packers' loss. Uh, the Spanos's are pretty low profile on like public comments about players and coaches. That's pretty weak. But I do think um, I think what's helped them: Deshaun Watson and Burroughs' injuries, Aaron Rodgers. It leaves those wild cards, but Miami doesn't look as good as we thought a month ago. Okay,
3: so basically, you're giving him a stay of execution because other people are getting injured. That's not what you want. Well, it's not what he, every close game, Colin. They lose. I think they're zero and five in close games yes. decided by three or less. Yeah, like, what are we doing?
2: No, I, you I fired agree. Anthony Lynn for just, the same damn thing. I'm, I'm. What I'm saying is, I see what they're thinking. They're looking at it and thinking all the quarterbacks in our conference are getting banged up. One more gets banged up. we're in. A, everybody's using backup quarterbacks in the AFC except the top three or four teams. And the takeaway is we can go on a three-game winning streak and be right back in this. Moving a coach at Thanksgiving, it's disruption. It's chaos. And I, I think teams would
3: always rather not do I mean, there are teams right now that are a mess. They're not doing it. I I would be surprised if it's not already chaos behind the scenes in in L A. Disappointment. Uh, next up, Brock Purdy, coming off that perfect passer rating game. Listen, I have been championing this for you, weeks on this show. You have, and the Brock Purdy MVP train. I tell I told you twenty five to one. You could have got him earlier this season. Right now, the Athletics. David Lombardi is saying Purdy should be a front runner. Here's what he said:
0: The quarterback is the most important position, just by the fundamental nature of football. And the 49ers quarterback right now, Brock Purdy, is delivering head and shoulders above every other QB in the league. He's not the only guy with weapons. And I will say that he's also doing this behind an offensive line that objectively has been below average in pass protection. So the whole idea that everything is just perfectly set up for him is just unequivocally false. Just look at what is this guy producing and by every single number every single metric every single analysis of tape he's he's been the most productive guy in football well
2: what was Jimmy Garoppolo when he left this coach and these weapons it was bad fast so I do think this is an exceptionally gifted coach and an exceptionally gifted roster I do Um, and he's also in a division now where the Rams and Cardinals were in a rebuild and Geno Smith is an Last year's Geno Smith. It's a little easier to vision now. So I, I think you start looking at um, what Garoppolo did with this same mostly same man. roster. He got him to a Jimmy Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl. I'm I, sorry, I man. have to <laughs> contextualize this.
3: You hold that? Did you just? So you're holding it against Brock Purdy that Jimmy Garoppolo no, was good with don't, largely don't the same. Don't confuse
2: holding it against somebody and acknowledging context that appears to be clear. Garoppolo went to the Raiders and was bad immediately. He got to a Super Bowl with this crew. A Super Bowl. Didn't just play well. Got to a Super Bowl. Beat Aaron Rodgers. Beat... The minute he left this coach in this room and this roster is bad. Well, Purdy like, did
3: get to an NFC Championship last year and got injured in the game. Uh, again, that's, my, mark...
2: that's my point. It's yeah. the coach and the roster, not the quarterback. Although the quarterback is, like Garoppolo... It's not a stiff. Can make throws. There's things about Garoppolo I always thought. Between the numbers, he was a gamer. He made his mind up and let it rip. I I always said Jimmy's a B, B minus, but he he wasn't a C or a stiff. Brock is a B, B minus. He's not a stiff, but you have to acknowledge that Garoppolo, the minute he left this
3: building, looked like a shadow of himself. Um, I know you don't love awards, but so give me your top three MVP right now with what five or six. Lamar games Jackson. Would be way up, uh, way up there. Uh, okay. Jalen Hurts continues to win.
2: He'd be way up there. I mean, the guys won 13 straight games against winning teams. And Miles Garrett uh, has to be considered. I think Miles Garrett's
3: up there. I don't, okay. is, is that you don't like the list? I, I I would have Brock Purdy number one. But oh uh, boy, gosh. Oh boy. I, I mean, look, uh, Jalen Hurts just threw for 150 yards <laughs> against the Chiefs. He didn't win that game. Gosh. Coward, you fire me up early. Gee, goodness. Final story CD Lamb, he's been on fire of late. Yes. He but he's questionable on the injury report. Holy cow, with an ankle injury ahead of the big matchup on Thanksgiving against the Commanders. Uh, Mike McCarthy downplayed it, saying it wasn't of high concern, but. Uh, I think it's probably worth monitoring. C.D. Lamb. That I mean oh, he's just almost the biggest point of failure for this yeah, offense. They, he goes they, down. they don't have a T Higgins. Yeah, they don't they don't
2: they don't have that. They yeah. need C.D. Lamb. So this line's ballooned out to ten and a half. Do you it, have to take a bite of Washington here? Well, isn't the safest bet in the league? Generally, Rams at home is a heavy uh Cowboys at home, Dak at home is a heavy favorite. But I will say I, it's a pass for me because Dallas is going to win the game, Dallas is a great home favorite with Dak, Dak plays great when he's comfortable, and Sam Howell's going to be running for his life, but I'm passing. Commanders are a weird team that can play, I mean they gave Philadelphia fits, they can give, they have these halves. Ron Rivera as a coach, his team's week to week, year to year, you don't know what you're getting. And for a rivalry game, Commanders National TV mm. standalone off a, an embarrassing performance. Yeah. I think I would lay, I think I would take the Commanders plus the points, but I'm not touching it because Dallas is the best
3: home favorite bet against bad teams in the league. That's probably like a turkey sandwich play on, on Thanksgiving. You're not That's, putting real money on, no, on no, Sam no. Howell. I'll say this, I saw, and again, these trends are they're not predictive, they're just trends. Dak one and five ATS on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, do with that what you will. So I, I, I don't do a blazing five, even though I was four. Yeah, I, I heard about that, and then know. they hit me up, Jay. Look, we're doing headlines tomorrow. I need your picks. I'm like, you want my picks on Tuesday? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm throwing Michigan, Ohio State in there. That feels like the lock of the weekend, doesn't it? Doesn't Michigan Sorry, feel I like... I said that out loud. It, it does. But I didn't say Michigan. I just said it feels like a lock of the weekend. Oh, okay. <laughs> J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news.
2: And thanks for stopping by. The lie News. Well, I'll tell you, yesterday, I'll get into it in a second. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> he is not going to budge. He's not going to flinch. He's not going to give you anything. He had a response yesterday to a question uh, that was, uh, oh, don't you think Ryan Day is great? Talk about the respect you have for the staff. Harbaugh wouldn't budge an inch. And I want to talk about that coming up. Plus, the Steelers, loyal to a fault, finally make one of the two moves they need to make. That's coming up.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
1: and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies
0: and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex
3: Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Matt Canada. Loyal to a fault. It was not easy for for the Steelers. I got to read you this. This made me laugh. It's the first time they made an in-season coaching change of any note. Since 1941, the last time the Steelers fired a head coach or a coordinator was 1941 when the team's half-owner, Burt Bell, fired himself. (laughs) That's Pittsburgh. Um, Listen, you can spot excellence very quickly in this league. C.J. Stroud, quarterback Texans. Jordan Addison, wide receiver Vikings. Vikings. Jameer Gibbs, running back Detroit. It takes about two games. You can also spot over your head very quickly. Nathaniel Hackett, Denver coach, end of game one, didn't understand the clock. Zach Wilson, Jets. Desmond Ritter, quarterback Atlanta. You can spot highly effective and ineffective very easily. And Pittsburgh, through the years, has drafted and developed... With few peers. They know talent. They spot it quickly and can develop it. Firing Matt Canada is the first step. But in the last 10 games, Kenny Pickett has six touchdown passes. As good as they draft and as brilliantly as they have developed, he's getting worse. Nine of his 22 games as an NFL quarterback, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass with excellent wide receivers and a great young tight end. He's had one of 22 games with multiple touchdown passes. Go ahead and make, make excuses. Say it's all Matt Canada. But C.J. Stroud, in an instable environment in Houston, first-time play caller, rookie coach, four offensive linemen missing week two, threw for 384 yards, two TDs and no picks. That's like a month worth of productivity for Kenny Pickett. And the Steelers are stable with a great defense and terrific weapons. And C.J. Stroud did it. Unstable. New coach. New play caller. Bad O-line. You can spot ineffective and highly effective very quickly. Matt Canada didn't help. The system, the scheme, not perfect. But it's the first of two steps. The other one will be much more difficult. Moving off the local kid. C.J. Stroud overcomes a lot in Houston. They have no run game. None. Lots of injuries up front. First time play caller. By week two, he was throwing for 384 yards. Um, Jim Harbaugh is uh, really something. A very unique personality. And whereas he makes people very, very uncomfortable because uh, one of the reasons I don't put a lot of college football coaches on this show, they're just cliche machines. And the reporters that interview them set them up to say and spout and spit cliches. So yesterday was your classic question to say something nice about Ryan Day, a coach that he now controls. And here's Harbaugh in action.
1: What would you say is your respect level for Ryan Day and, the, and their staff? It's all about our preparation for Ohio. Um, you know, the days, the minutes, the hours, everything leading up to this game. Um, you know, that's where our focus is preparing ourselves and planning, going to practice and then execute. So, uh, I mean, anything else is irrelevant. Would
2: Not budge an inch. Harbaugh is completely in Ohio State's head. They are absolutely convinced. He is only winning doing it with cheating, advanced scouting. Nah, bro, that's not it. Ohio State's run game is eighth in the Big Ten. Not the country. It's eighth in the Big Ten. Michigan has one of the nation's best run games. Number two in power five in rushing touchdowns. Why does that matter? The last 21 times Michigan and Ohio State have played, the team that rushed for more yards won. 21-0. and 0. Ohio State's offense the last several years has gotten fancy over physical, speed over power. The better O-line, Michigan. The coach, more convinced you have to run to win, Michigan. The better running backs, they're both good. I like Michigan, the way they use them. The more consistent run game, Michigan. 21 straight times in this game. Whoever runs for more yards wins. The last two meetings, Michigan has outrushed Ohio State. By 342 yards. And this is the best version of Michigan's run game. It's cheating. It's signals. You keep talking about that. You keep believing it. You go to your message boards. You convince yourself that's it. Ohio State's gotten fancy. Michigan's gotten more physical. Ohio State's gotten faster. Michigan's gotten more physical. Ohio State thinks it's cheating. Michigan's got more physical. That's it for this program. They're just more than ever committed to physical football. They have a first-round potential quarterback, and against Penn State, they said, we're not going to attempt a pass. That was a message to the conference, the Big Ten, maybe Fox Sports. We're not going to go fancy. Let Columbus do that. We go physical. Said it last night. Everybody wanted those fancy Chiefs. The physical Eagles pulled away. And I'll also mention this. This, this seems like something. So we all acknowledge how good C.J. Stroud is. Like, right? The kid's terrific. They couldn't beat Michigan with C.J. Stroud. Okay, this quarterback is 14 points less a game than C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is sensational. This quarterback at Ohio State is not close to C.J. Stroud. And now you go on the road? For a Michigan team that's got 20 NFL players? Now, I could be wrong. Maybe it's all about the advanced scouting. I've been wrong before. The line would indicate it's a go-either-way game. Three and a half points. In fact, with the hook, the wise guys, the Sharps, are probably taking Ohio State. I could very well be proven wrong. It has happened again. 21 straight times. Physical beats everything else in this game. It's a very unique rivalry. Physical always wins. Ohio State is eighth. Eighth in the Big Ten in rushing. And if you've watched them over the last three years... They spread it out more, they're faster, they're more elegant at wide receiver. It's really become wide receiver U. It used to be linebacker U, Penn State and Ohio State were like linebacker U, running back U, O-line U, uh, edge rush U. Ohio State's got the best receiving core in the country. Like Them or Alabama like four years in a row. So I, I think it'll come down, but I, I, go, I go back to Harbaugh. Just another opportunity. He, he got into Pete Carroll's head at USC. He did. I was there. He did. And he's in Ohio State's head now. He's not going to give you cliches. He's not going to tell you what he wants or what you want. He's going to just all about Michigan, go blue, all about the men of Michigan. And that answer is just more psychology. That is more Jim Harbaugh psychology. We do not think about them. Get them all worked up. J this—the last time I made a huge college football bet, and it just happens to be a coincidence—I took Clemson over Ohio State a couple years ago. Everybody loved Ohio was State. Was
3: that the Trevor Lawrence run game? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. what a yeah, great yeah, yeah, game that yeah, yeah.
2: was. Yeah, yeah, and of course, Ohio State fans said it was a lucky outcome. Officiating, no, no, no. it had to be officiating. This could be my second.
3: Big bet. Wow. And
2: it's by the way, it's not anti Ohio State. Ohio State beats virtually everybody. Yeah, you know, I mean except you know, like Georgia and Michigan. Like so it's not like it just happens to be when I have a really strong sense of it. Uh that, that I took Clemson that day and it's uh I'm gonna can, can sleep I, on it.
3: Ask a question on Harbaugh. So just to recap, he's not allowed to be at games. He can can he be at practice or no? Yeah, he can okay. coach, but he can't be in the facility on game day. Got it. And then um when they get to the playoff, he's able to coach those playoff games, right? As of now, yes. Okay. And then Bruce Feldman said he might be suspended for much of next season. Uh, what on earth is that? Like, There's just no consistency at all. Like, I, It doesn't really add up. I don't think.
2: I think if Lincoln Riley was not on the sidelines because he calls the plays, it's different.
3: Jim Harbaugh doesn't. Jim Harbaugh doesn't call the plays. I know, but... but he can... He, there's game state, there's flow, there's stuff that he's going to see. This is a guy who nearly won a Super Bowl.
2: He can watch uh, on TV. I mean, he's,
3: and what, text it in? <laughs> well, I'm just
2: saying, this is not a coach. It's not Kyle Shanahan calling plays. I, I get it, that. It's not. It's not what it is. He is what they call a walk-around coach. He walks around unit to unit, 33,000 feet. He's outside. He's not a play caller, so he is uniquely built to create a company that can work when he's not there. Remember, it's his game plan. It's his film. It's his macro view of the game. A lot of running the football by Michigan. Hour
1: two. Heard hierarchy. Next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.